So being payback in full, always nothing. You know what? I'm not even going to get angry. This ties into what we have to talk about later. It doesn't make any sense. If, if you watch uh, Care Don't Care tomorrow, and I'm not even going to take down the first one because I think the world should know. But if you watch Care Don't Care tomorrow afternoon, I describe it. If you go to a crap, um, and I'm, I'm talking specifically about Saturday's uh, UFSI, if you go to, uh, if you're with a bunch of people and they suggest you go to a crappy restaurant, a restaurant that you know to be a crappy restaurant, and but you don't want to be a killjoy, you don't want to be a stick in the mud, you don't want to ruin everybody's fun, you go, you know what, I don't want to make everybody change because I've got a more sophisticated palate, whatever, I'll show up at, uh, at Boston Market, we'll have a perfectly decent meal. So you show up to Boston Market, what do you do? You don't want to be one of these, like, uh, you know, I decided once I was going to stop eating meat that I didn't want to be, uh, and I'm a, a pescatarian, so I still eat fish, but I don't want to be one of those pain in the ass, you know, uh, look at me, pay attention to me types about it. And I had a friend, Jake Shields, a fighter, guy was a vegetarian his whole life, didn't know it because he would just sit down and eat what he could, didn't complain about it. I didn't have to hear his pie hole open up about, oh my God. Similarly, you go to Boston Market, you're not going to complain about the food. You watch the oofsie, you're not going to, you know, it's going to be crap, but you don't get full portions, right? Yeah, I'll take some of the croutons. Yeah, you give me a glass of water. Not enough so people get, hey, you're hardly eating anything. You don't want to create any ripples. You want your presence there to, to add to the evening, not to detract from the evening. The oofsie, you know, this, was, this weekend was like this. I had two cares on the card. Two cares, right? I'm not going to sit there and uh, Steph and John are ordering big plates of food. and they're, they're, I'm not going to, I know, croutons fine, special diet I'm on, it's all right. The croutons are fine. Similarly, complaining about YouTube with no reasonable efforts on my part to find a new uh, sportscaster, C-A-S-T-R, I, my friend David R., he's got to show up there. He's got four, four co-hosts. You can have guests fly in, fly out. I don't know how long it takes them to put together. Show seems really nice, high production value. And you can also see it on YouTube. Why am I still on YouTube? Clearly, my mother would say, got her master's in, in psychotherapy, sociology, something, because you like it. You like the misery. So I'm not going to complain about having lost a show, I'll just do another one and just keep doing another one and another one and another one, whatever. Until I find a reasonable effort to get off, I will not complain. I will shoulder my burden with complaint. Without complaint, Freudian slip. Commercials, pinko95014 at yahoo.com if you want to PayPal. I gave you the Venmo address last week. I got the Cash App. I got uh, 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 yeah, yeah. I got the cash app. I got, uh, uh, or you can send the old fashioned way, Tommy LB, Tommy Pounds. Uh, I, I, I got chaos around here right now. I, I need to deal with these papers getting stacked up here. Uh, but it's been a mark of how productive I am that I haven't done it. It's not like I'm sitting here in a funk not doing it. Uh, the guts feel better. Training. I wish I could eat more. You can still see I'm thin in the face. Uh, but uh, I'm hoping eventually it's now been since December. It's too long. I got a GI guy who I trained with said I could talk to him about it, but I think it's just a matter of easing back into it. 
But boy, oh boy, would I like a slice of pizza and a burrito together again, naturally. Uh, anyway, all the ways for you to, to send us money. There's this, if you'd like. My friend Scott Roselle from the band Green Jelly runs a record label called Black House. He reissued this. This is available from oxbow.merchtable.com. Still get it. It's pretty, it's a pretty, and the only reason I think of it now is because the Son of Sam uh, documentary on Netflix, they keep showing LeVay's book. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Uh, I got, I got, can I, I piggyback this to some cash in the pocket? Anyway, let's get straight to the UFO thing um, because it, it hit me like, like, like a diamond to the forehead, and and and, and I was like, listen, I'm gonna have to back up a bit, back up a little bit, and say, uh, give uh, props to Dave Emery. You should look him up, Dave E M O R Y a student of May Brussel. Her name is spelled M-A-E-B-R, M-A-E first name, second name, Brussel, B-R-U-S-S-E-L-L. So at one point, um, he was talking about, um, he was talking about religion. And he was talking about religion in the time of the Satanic Panic, uh, which was the 80s, when I first interviewed LaVey. Um, when people were uh, uh, believing that there were Satanists under every rock and that they were ex actually exerting real influence, or at the very least, drinking the blood of infants and so on. Um, and I don't say that there are not people out there doing it. I don't know. What I do know is, um, you know, it's an ill wind that doesn't blow somebody some good. And clearly, some of the folks who ran mega churches came to run those mega churches as a result of the sat satanic panic. And so Emery, in response to this, kind of had said that it, people were getting so keyed up that things were happening that under ordinary circumstances in the post-Enlightenment age would not happen. Specifically, what I'm saying is, and you need to stick with this, because if you don't, you'll have no idea what we're talking about later. So you're going to have to have some patience. They would say, you know, in the post-Enlightenment age, people would show up, a guy would open a package of tortillas. Do you see the themes working here, the light motifs? Do you see what kind of genius the rock is cooking? Anyway, they uh, uh, would open a pack of, of, of uh, um, tortillas and say, look, there's a picture of Jesus on, those tor on the tortillas. And people would line up. They would come from miles around to see the image of Jesus on the tortilla. Of course, this got me thinking. If you remember, you can't Donna Shalala me on my own show, but if you, if you remember, this was the occasion on, under which I decided to try to sell a video to the world, an actual image, a, a, a video, VHS, actual image of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ on video, $25. Now, if something happened in your head that allowed you to believe that 2,000 years ago, somebody had figured out how to transport a camcorder, a video camera, back to the Middle East and, and took a video of Joseph of Arimathea. That's on you. I had 23 million ad impressions, the majority of which were through the National Enquirer. National Enquirer contacted me and said, hey, uh, 
we're having some credibility problems. Oh, hold on, hold on. Credibility. The National Enquirer is having credibility. You're perfectly okay with the Elvis thing and the two-headed extraterrestrial babies, but you're having a hard time with this, my video image of Jesus Christ. And they're like, yeah, well, could you send us one? I go, yeah, I can for $25. They go, no, no, you don't understand. We don't pay. I go, you don't understand. You pay. Everybody pays. The baby's on the floor looking at me. She's like, everybody pays? Everybody pays, kid. <laughs> then nobody gets a free ride. So they said, well, okay, you know what? Unless you send us one for free, we're going to have to step in and interfere with your price point. Yeah, that's fine. What do, you, what do you mean stepping in with my price point? I'm not the, the I am not the savvy biz school MBA fellow like you guys. What do you mean by that? So yeah, we're gonna twelve charge twelve dollars for the video. I go twelve dollars. This doesn't cover my cost. You know, you know what would Jesus do? And they go, yeah, you know what? It's twelve dollars. It's twelve dollars or nothing. It is $12 or nothing. I said, well, you know, I need the 23 million ad impressions, so I'm going to, you know, I'll go with the $12. $12, 23 million ad impressions. The letters I got off of that were nuts. Absolutely crazy. The orders I got off of it were non-existent. For those of you curious about what I was trying to sell, it was a painting of Jesus Christ that I videotaped. The classical music in the background sold as a meditation aid. It was an actual image of Jesus Christ. There's a difference between an actual image And a real image, if you know what I mean. Well, my little bit of sophistry got me zero. And indeed, uh, the time I spent and the, the painting I bought, I got from Goodwill for $12. So I was $12 in the hole for my little scheme. The point I'm trying to make is, this is how steeped that things were in the 80s with people with this Jesus, Jesus, God, Jesus, God, Jesus, 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 God. People were crazy. Not crazy enough to spend $25 or 12 on it, but they were crazy enough to build mega churches. So Dave Emery said that what was, he said, he didn't believe any of it. That what this was, was a, a, a state-sponsored, a state-sponsored program, a state-sponsored mania, so that, so that if you looked up in the sky and saw an actual image of Jesus Christ saying to do any number of things, you'd probably go for it. Actual image of Jesus Christ in the sky. Who knows what you might do if you believed that you were being spoken to by Jesus Christ? He was, he was saying that people, people were so keyed that this was the key also the key to, to keyed people was to, to, the key to people so keyed would be to manipulate them into doing things they ordinarily wouldn't do. Yeah, happy Mother's Day. Arch is here. 
And I, I remember that. I stuck with it. I actually have it around here on tape. It might be on YouTube at this point. Uh, YouTube on the, at this point. Dave Emery. But at the, you know, now we're talking. We're now talking almost thirty years hence. Uh, people have got kind of soft on religion. Fewer people are going to church. You know, fewer people are becoming uh, uh, the priest. It's a different time. It's time of science and technology. We've got helicopters on Mars. We've got mushrooms growing on Mars. We've got pictures. Pluto's a planet. Pluto's not a planet. Pluto's not. Well, we've got pictures of it. We've got the Hubble. Well, it's out of commission. We've got all kinds of things, amazing things. And increasingly, we have seen UFOs. They don't even call them UFOs anymore. I think it's unexplained aerial phenomena or something like something, some other worthless acronym. And bit by bit, Ho Jogain was talking about it. He goes, isn't it crazy as part of his stand-up routine that, you know, Washington Post could say, there are UFOs over D.C., and that's not even the top story of the day. Uh, it's, a, it's a punchline in the stand-up comedy routine. Mm-hmm. More pilots are being interviewed. Navy people are being interviewed. The Pentagon has come out this past week and said, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, we're, we're, they're increasing levels of visitations. January 6th, people actually showed up to D.C. fueled by this belief that Hillary Clinton was running a pedophile ring out of a pizza parlor. And that millions of people somehow match a suborn in an election. And regardless of the suborn election, that a ragtag ban of 80,000 overweight bearded people on unemployment and Pat Militich were going to free the government from the government, crazier things have happened. But I'm sitting around and I have a routine with the kid. And we're sitting around and we're waiting. We're waiting for mom to get out of the shower. Ties into Mother's Day. Genius. Mom to get out of the shower. And to keep the kid entertained, I have a number of different options. Put a pin on pin in that. Go back to these Pentagon and Navy guys, and what do they say about the UFOs? I'm gonna call them UFOs. I'm old school. They say the same thing. Say, oh man, they move with incredible speed. These UFOs. They leave no carbon signature. Like if you had a car, you would, it would leave a carbon signature. We can't, we don't see chemtrails. We don't see moisture. These things are just zipping around the, the sky. We get close and they're gone. Close that off. I'm sitting on the couch with the kid, waiting for mom to get out of the shower. 
Got numbers of ways to keep her amused, but right at the last little bit, I want to kind of settle things down. If I'm reading the book to her, she's not really sewn to the books yet. But I got a cat toy here, a laser. And I'm bouncing a laser around the wall and the cat's chasing it. I can even get the kid to chase the laser. Put her on the floor and she goes crawling after the laser. I can't get Loki to chase the laser, the other cat she adopted. But I can get the deaf cat to chase the laser. That was what we call a red herring. The fact that the cat's deaf has nothing to do with why he chases the laser. But if I was going to interview the cat about having chased the laser, what do you think the cat would say about chasing the laser? The cat would say, I see no carbon trails off of it. It moves at incredible speed. It moves at incredible speed. I don't, uh, it, it doesn't seem to be of any, it doesn't seem to have much mass that I, we would recognize as such given its size on earth. It's from out of this world. That's what the cat would say about the laser. And in one fell swoop, I realize that these are not extraterrestrials at all. That these are state-sponsored projections. State-sponsored projections. Easily. I get... What that cat sees is what we see. I'm not prone to think anything else until you show me one that has crashed or crashed into something. A physical manifestation of, of, of a light-based phenomena. You know, there are plenty of rooms I could have you wander into and you go, oh my God. There were spaceships in that room. No, the dude just had a very big flat screen TV. That's all. A very big flat. It was image projection. It's witchcraft. And we're falling for it. Absolutely falling for it. Now, state sponsored. If they haven't been able to figure out what's going on at the embassies in Cuba, where people are having these headaches, and now they say, similar to what's happening in Cuba, they've detected the presence of these waves in D.C. The sad thing about this toilet bowl called Earth is that much like toilet bowls everywhere, including in our own houses, they carry the story of a people in that bowl. And there's not too much happening outside the bowl. So how long before? They've got Ballinger and I, the former guitar player for Whipping Boy, used to have this idea that we would have 3D or 4D holograms. We would invent these things. And it would revolutionize our stage show. You'd be singing or playing guitar. You could step out of an actual image of yourself. And standing right next to you would be you. You know, they have the DARPA 
De uh, defense advanced research, blah, 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 yeah, DARPA, look it up. A major portion of their budget is, is a black budget program, which means Congress gets to vote on it, but they don't get to see what's in it in the name of national security. I first read about that in 1987 when I worked for the defense industry. How many years has it been since 1987? Every year of a black budget program. You know, I did an article about Iranians being pissed off at the Israelis because the Israeli, Israelis, according to the Iranians, were sending spy squirrels into Iran. You're laughing, but of course, I end up going down a rabbit hole and discover not only are squirrels suspected of being spies, but cats, squirrels, dolphins naturally, beluga whale. I mean, black budget programs. If you don't think that somebody has spent a lot of time Trying to get a cat to be a spy, you're out of your mind. And, it, and, and the, the reasoning was such that cats can wander in and out of places in ways that people can't, and nobody would really pay any attention to it, like the cat in The Matrix. You could tell there was something, there was a glitch in, in the program when the cat was doing the same thing again and again. Cat could wander in, cat could wander out. So, so that, that you would have state-sponsored, you know, and something I don't get along with my father on this Mother's Day. You, you probably heard me talk about that before. But one of the things he, he's not told me a lot of things, but one of the things he told me before he stopped talking to me was that he had gone to a, a he was, used, to be, used to make movies. He made a movie called Tar Baby. It won the Sign Eagle Award in Germany and went to the Cannes Film Festival. It was a film short, about 21 minutes long. I have no idea if it's on YouTube. But he said he had gone to some conference and they were showing the first iteration of computer movies. Yeah, we'll look it up. And he said they sat in a darkened theater and they started showing these movies made by computers. These are not what we see when we like Ant's Life or, you know, what is that Tom Hanks thing where he's playing the to Toy Story? It's not like that. These movies were very different. And he said within 15 minutes, everybody in that theater was sick. Now, my father also used to be an intelligence officer with the Air Force. I don't know. Was it really a film gathering or was it something else? In any case, he said, the purpose of this movie didn't seem to be so much to entertain or enlighten, but specifically to irk and annoy. Everybody left that theater nauseous and dizzy. They're weaponizing projection. 
And so when you tell me that there are things zooming around within our atmosphere that leave no chemtrails, leave no carbon footprints, that move at incredible speed hither and yon and can't be caught by conventional means and switch back and forth suddenly without seeming to exert energy one way or the other, I see a cat toy. And if you're showing up at somebody's house to see an image of Jesus on a tortilla, or you're sending me $25 for a video image of Jesus Christ, or you're believing in greys, lizard people, and extraterrestrials that are now running our political scene, I got to go back to my friend in Tel Aviv who wouldn't tell me how to play three-card Monty because he said, Eugene, nobody who knows anything about life plays this game. So read all you want about UFOs. Believe anything that you want about UFOs. I'm just putting my thumb right now on the scale so that somebody somewhere has this to refer back to in the future, in some idle time, when these people from another planet come to visit. And I, I was talking to Kasha about it today. So, you know, she had her, her first Mother's Day. So we're in the park. And I, 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 said, I said, you know, and I have a page open and one of these millions of pages I have here. And uh, I was do, doing some search on angelology. And I've told you you all this before, but I think that my 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 angelic familiar is Metatron. You heard that right, Metatron. Not Azrael, not Basfidel, not Baal, not any of the names that sound like biblically influenced names. I'm going to write it here in the chat because I, I really want you to see it. Metatron. Metatron. Yeah, that's what we say. We can't be the only planet species. I'm going somewhere else with this. Metatron. Does that sound like a name from 2,000 years ago? Now, now, to me, it sounds like a name from 2,000 years in the future. My posit. Any visitations that we've had. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, this is Greek. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come Metatron. I would I would have been more surprised less surprised if my my angelic familiar was Microsoft. My posit is that somehow a thousand years, two thousand years in the future, that our future people have figured out how to, like a palimpsest, how to pierce the veil of time and place. Time, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Optimus Prime, that's what Kasha was laughing about. <clears throat> time and space. When you have a sensation of, is it presque vu, deja vu, when you have uh, these sensations, it, it's the, the sheet separating from, from, from the board it's your future selves. It's like the, the, the cat glitch in the matrix. It, 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 that's what it is. When you have some, the, the trans, the trans phenomena, the trans phenomena, you, you realize that's what I sound like to her. <laughs> so, okay. So, so, you know, the, 
the uh, trans phenomenon. And the people, and if you if you read read all the the documentation, the stories of people who are trans, and it starts to sound it starts to sound the same way after a certain point. My my sense is that again, it's the palimpsest. It's pulling up the screen. You know, you know it. Um, suppose you were a man in your past life. You don't have any gender dysmorphia at all, right? You know, but if you were a woman in your last life and you you are reborn as a man, if somehow whatever happens in the future to bounce us back so that, you know, so that we have this illusion of external in, infinity just switches genders and places you might you you might have I've just never felt like I was in the right body. I I I, I know Steve. Listen, I look <laughs> look. This, I, I'm just saying. I'm just guessing. What, what's the difference between me and some guy two thousand years ago in a cave with a bunch of ink and some uh, speculative speculative. But the likelihood that my angelic forebear would be called Metatron? Come on. And if you look at symbols, watching this Son of Sam thing on Netflix, you look at symbols, occult symbols. If I were to show you uh, 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 from GM a schematic for the engine in my Chevy, the symbols would, would would be... would be confusing to you. But if some of them were evocative enough, you might remember them. I'm looking at things that looks like the symbol for Ohm. Ohm looks like a symbol. These are things that maybe we saw in the spaceship. All the, the demons have horns with these breathing apparatus. Who knows? Did they come from outer space? They came from the future. The future is more accessible. We can film the outer space. We can film outer space. By the UFO thing, Grays, Lizard People, Rothschild, IMF, you know, Council of Foreign Relations, all that stuff. This is this is the toilet bowl right here. Could be the future toilet bowl, past toilet bowl, but this is the toilet bowl. Or in the shoebox if I'm feeling if I'm feeling more charitable. Anyway, I've rambled on for a bit. Sorry to take you through that, but it was necessary to get to where we are right now which is uh, uh, the oofsie from last night, All right? The oofsie from last night. Now I, I got the phone. Where's the peep? Uh, I got the peep. Whatever happened to the guy who was like incensed that I, like, like, that I, wasn't, I wasn't smoking the pipe? He, didn't, he was incensed. And he was like leaving in the comments stuff like, um, just, just, just do something, get rid of the pipe. And I was like, man, you, your energy's in the wrong place. The oopsie from last night, like I said, was your friends wanting to go to a crap restaurant and, and you like going, you know what, I don't, you know, don't want to be a stick in the mud. I don't want to be a jerk off. I'll just go. But last night, there were a lot of things that happened that were noteworthy even though it was a stinking night of restaurant dining. 
But I, I, I tried to, I tried to explain to, I tried to explain to Steph, and she's usually the cheerleader. And I don't want to be like Captain Bringdown, but I've tried to explain to her that there was so much unsavory. She's like, oh, this was she and John going. This this was a good week for this was a good week for for, for fighting. There's a Canelo fight, and then the Rumble, and the Bellator, and then there was a, a PFL. And I was like, no, 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 no. Now these were these were not good things. Everything that happened this week, I had to put on my horror movie glasses, by which I mean my 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 my. Uh, peeking through my fingers. First of all, I'm off of Bellator tour forever. Why? Very easy. The truth that I told about Bellator, they called the CBS lawyers, called me, and tried to get tough with me. I pushed back on the tough thing, said, I got it on tape. You can go fuck yourselves. And then they do that thing that always gets me. There's like I remember I told you in the early days, those of you who go way, way back to knuckle up. I said, you guys are trying to piss me off, trying to troll me. It doesn't work. The only thing that works is like that, that deep disappointment, as it'd be like my father used to do to me, be like, Eugene, you of all people should know better. And even if I know I'm being set up, it just cuts me to the quick. It's like, even if it's just for a second, I'm like, oh God, how could I not know better? And this George Cat, the CBS lawyer, who I recorded the call, he says, I mean, I thought you guys were, you guys are friends. I was like, oh, shit. I like this guy, Javier, these guys are with my buddies. And you heard me say before, Bellator was strike force. Nobody had ever treated me better as a media member. Uh, you know, uh, but then I'm like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, right. He is, he is. So I edited out two seconds of a past show that nobody even gave a shit about. Two seconds of a past show, take it out. That's fine. I mean, it was literally, boom, we cut out a, I had June cut out a single word. But since then, I was like, Hey, man, I'm not your PR machine. I can't talk honestly about something. You can't cut me some slack on this one. I'm off. I'm off the train. I'm off the train. You don't, you don't, you don't need me. You don't need me. You got plenty of other people who write about your sport. You know, I don't want to hurt my friends. I don't want to hurt my friends. So I'm out. So that's out. But then I got to hear about Rumble coming back. Rumble, you know, oh, God. You know, when he was training out with Kung Lee down in, in San Jose, Rumble was doing what? The police were out there. You know why he stopped training with, with Kung Lee? Because the police came out for, for, uh, 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 for a DV incident at his house, and he goes, ah, yeah, to the arresting officer, he goes, ah, yeah, I'm down with Kung Lee. You know Kung Lee, right? And so the guy calls Kung and says, hey, man, dude's out here throwing your name around. You know, not not a good look. So that off the team, guy's a liability. I mean, the thing is, you couldn't keep a job in McDonald's. If you got five incidences of domestic violence, maybe you could. Maybe I'm wrong. So I'm peeking through my fingers at that. You know, I'm peeking at my fingers through 
let, let me get the rest of the, 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 the fight card up. Um, so Neil Magny's on the card. Neil Magny, who the only reason Neil Magny fights is to fuck me over. I guarantee you. I guarantee he's got somebody trolling my page. And he was like, hey, hey, hey what, what, uh, what's, uh, what's Robinson picking this week? Uh, Robinson is picking Jeff Neal. He's picking Jeff Neal? Huh. Show that motherfucker. Happy Mother's Day to you, Mr. Robinson. And Neil Magny wins. A fight that no mate was never going to win any other way. So next time I go, man, how, how so wrong about Neil Magny? How could I have been so wrong? Look at, look at, look at me. Yeah. Magny is to Gicta what Weidman is to the Lost Battalion. There will, there will never be a more Gicta than Magny ever. Go backward in time, forward into the future. You will never find one more. He is the, he is the goat Gicta, correct. So at this point now, I'm like my, my dog Tuco used to do, you know, you get the ball, come on, Tuco, and you like you snatch a ball and then she would just give you the chimp chill out. Like, I'm not, I'm not playing your stupid game. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. No, Magni's not lost battalion. Magni's in a new special category. I mean, the he, he, he exists, he's like Drax the destroyer. He exists uh, or or flip of us. A friend of mine actually changed the, the historical record in, in regards to demonology by creating a demon called Flipovus that existed for one reason and one reason only, and that was to torment a man named Salvatore Russo. He actually got that into the demonology Britannica. Who? Salvatore Russo. <laughs> so Flipovus, Magni is like Flipovus. He... You know, he only exists. I'm not even sure that you can see him. I know he exists to bedevil me at every turn, and I won't play. So I didn't care about that fight. Donald Cerrone. I said, this is where you're going to find out whether Cerrone is on the Liddell path or he's on the Sanchez path. Liddell, they like you enough. They're like, come on, Chuck, come on. And you know what? We'll give you a job. Like they did with Matt Hughes. We'll give you a job. You come in, answer the phone, move your stapler a few times, knock off for lunch. That's where we are with Cerrone. Cerrone fight Morono. Remember, we created this new category. There's a gatekeeper. Well, the only gatekeepers we've been seeing thus far, it wasn't so that we haven't been, we've only, the only ones we've been seeing the only one we've only ones we've noticed have been executive level gatekeepers. These are the ones that are keeping you keeping anybody who's in, in 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 five to ten out of five, or people who are two through five, keeping people who are are are, are three through five out. Those are executive level gatekeepers. They're busy with the top ten in the field and whatever weight class we're talking about. Okay. The basement gatekeepers are the guys that are keeping the rabble, you know, the, the, the 15 to 20, 20 unranked guys in the basement. Like, hey, I'm down here in the, this darkened toll booth. I'm dead. Could you? Maybe you could get me. Cerrone, at this point, has gone beyond being a basement uh, uh, gatekeeper. 
he might actually be a couple of stairs down in the basement. You know, I used to have to go down to the basement to put coal into the furnace in my great grandmother's house. That's how fucking old I am. Uh, so anyway, so Cerrone uh, uh, got what was coming to him. I wasn't interested. Marina Rodriguez against Michelle Waterston. Michelle Waterston, the karate hottie, I uh, recused myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I recused myself. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree about Serena. I recused myself because she pushed me over the line. Look, I don't mind you having different political sympathies from me. Um, uh, ho ho hold on. Give me. Uh, 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 I don't mind you having different political assemblies for me. You know, unlike the actual Republican Party, I've said the only requirement is that you be, what is a Jim Rome thing, have a take and don't suck. I don't even require that you do that. Um, but I really don't tolerate crybabies, whiners, complainers. And uh, I don't even ask that you be very smart. In other words, if you've got a great sense of humor, but you're stupid, I'm in. But Michelle, her timing just sucked so bad on this Trump boosterism. I was like, are you fucking stupid? Are you, are you, uh, your timing, your instinct for self-preservation is absolutely zero. True believer or cynical opportunist, give me the cynical opportunist. Because the cynical opportunist knows, hey, maybe now's the time to keep my mouth shut. Not because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> I don't give a crap about that. Only a, a true believer would give a crap about that. Because it's inopportune. What does that mean? It's going to cost you money. Yeah, it's going to cost you money. <laughs> That's it. And, and you know why that bugs me? Because uh, what is that thing that uh, my Sicilian friend's father said? If you are the richest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. There's a bunch of broke people hanging around me. So I was out. And I don't think she's ever going to be the champ. So she had the name, she had the, her spiel, you know, whether it's Rose Namahajunas talking about Lithuanian freedom fighters in connection to fighting a fighter from China, which is not even communist anymore. You know what I don't talk about? I don't talk about circuits and devices. You know what I don't talk about? I don't talk about load-bearing instruments. You know what I don't talk about? Uh, I don't talk about financial derivatives. You know why? Because I don't know anything about them. I don't know anything about them. If you're wondering where the new Substack is, I'll tell you, I, I, I was going to write on one thing and it dawned on me, oh, today is Mother's Day. Yeah, I called my mother on Mother's Day. Got my wife a Mother's Day present, wish my kid, mother my grandchild. 
I, I, I disagree, Yusatiko, and I'm not letting that through. <laughs> I disagree. Um, so I was going to write something about, about uh, a situation, and I, I'm not going to tilt it. I, San Francisco, Broadway, um, North Beach, if you, they're all the strip clubs. If you go down from on on Broadway, and they're all the strip clubs. And then there was the Hungry Eye and Pinocchio's, and then there used to be uh, the Stone, which was like the Rock Emporium. And across from the Stone used to be the Mabuhe Gardens, which is like the punk rock club. And up above, there's a place called On Broadway, which they uh, uh, um, which they used to have shows at. And uh, I, I met uh, uh, Jerry Cooney there. I was about to punch Jerry Cooney in the face. And that's all I'm going to tell you to tip it off. Because eventually what would happen is the guys would start at the end of the block and at, at the strip clubs. And by the time they got to the punk rock clubs, they had this, the view of women was so sexualized that they would just thought, any woman that seems not like my mother is a woman I'm going to try to fuck. So the women, you know, he's like 18, 17-year-old girls with mohawks would always come, Eugene, this guy's bugging me, so I'm always about to punch somebody in the face or the rock guys would go hey let's go pick up on some punk chicks and come across the street so i was always gonna gonna you know uh nah the cooney would have killed me but that was a story i was gonna write that's why the newsletter is not up yet then i realized actually i want to write something uh, uh I, I want i want i want to talk about my mom so I, i'm gonna do that instead sometime after this show is finished But what I was going to do, the reason why I was going to talk about the on-Broadway and that section of Broadway in San Francisco is that the parallel is, is there was a guy who shows up one night and he's talking. He's being kind of amusing. He's bugging a woman at first. I intervene. So he starts talking to me and we're talking to each other. All right. I'm getting to that. He's talking to each other. And then he's like, he's being amusing. But then he starts talking about the Purple Gang. You ever hear the Purple Gang, man? I'm the bro, and I was like, okay, I don't know about the Purple Gang. I don't want to listen. Uh, and he starts stepping in front of me. I start going like this way and that, and he's like, I said, man, I'm gonna turn one more time, and if you're still standing in front of me, that's probably gonna be the last time you see me while you're awake. And so. I mean, the story had a predictable end. I'm not going to ruin it for you. It'll be in a new newsletter, but this one today will be about my mother. And I go, that's America. That's America. That's America and all things in America. So this week of MMA was horror glasses on because then you've got Diego Sanchez and this kind of subverted narrative who puts what? Puts on Front Street the bald one and Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, for uh, screwing the fighters, uh, you know, Zach uh, 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 on the Twitter machine says something that I defend. He goes, you know, I don't really care. He's got this very strong libertarian strain. I don't really care who has sex with whom. It's none of my fucking business. Yeah. And I always say the same thing. I say, uh, follow, follow the money. Follow the money. In this instance, follow the money. For example, I have a good business arrangement. I will give you $100 right here. Got it right here. I will give you $100 if you eat a cup of my poop. What's wrong with that? That's good business. 
Mr. Marcus said it best. You knew what the job was when you took it. You don't want the $100. Don't eat the poop. What's wrong with that? In a libertarian framework, there's, that's a solid business arrangement. Unless I've got diarrhea. Ah, 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 ah. Sorry. Well, it's the spirit of exploitation because if you're in a position where you're that hard up for $100, in a situation where the person who has $100 doesn't mean that much to them, they could just give it to you. But instead, what, what they ask is for you to eat poop to get it. Then you've got something else happening that has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with money. It has to do with something else. It, it has to do... I have a small house. It doesn't have to do with money. It doesn't have to do with money. It has to do with, um, I don't know what to tell you. I don't, I, I don't know what to tell you. So it's not so much, how about this? How about this? Do you think that you could have sex with the bald one or Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, and it would not affect you professionally if your profession was professional fighter? Just a question. Just a question. This was a horrible, horrifying week if you cared about combat sports. Because not only were you visited with this image of the, 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 the sweaty, bald one working his crank into one of his employees who he's chronically underpaid and probably going to cut as soon as he gets, as soon as he sees the semen, he's leaving. But you've got to see a damaged uh, Sanchez get knocked about. I mean, the guy, the guy completely subverted whatever argument. It was like, it was like an, like a psych ops. So Sanchez comes out with this great argument completely undercut by this lunacy training thing he's got going on. The Eskimo Brothers quote was brought up by the, the, the dummy with the radio show, the lousy stand-up comedian who no longer fights, whose name is... is uh, yeah, well, we already know about him scooping on, swooping, uh, 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 on Amber. My lovely, lovely Amber. <laughs> My sweet angel baby. Anyway, anyway, that's another story for another time. So we got we got Rumble. We got Sean Shelby, also known as Keith. We got the bald one. We got Waterston and Rod Rodriguez. Rodriguez was great. Does it, you know, there was a Gregor Gillespie, one of you, uh, maybe it was you, Ian, who told me, oh, Eugene, you got to see that fight. Yeah, okay, that was a good fight. Gregor's a good fight. But you know what? You know what? I like Gregor, but... We're not going to see him making this sign anytime soon. The only high point, the only high point, Nietzsche. The only high, uh, Jack Attack asked me a question. Yeah, Schaub, General Schaub. The only high point of this week 
the only high point of this week, and I don't even know if some of you saw it. You should have been out there seeing it. Was the Gauleiter general. The ga- why he will never be deposed. On the way, he, after the story came out about him threatening to, to jump from the ambulance, and as he's being, you know, going back, he's talking about how good he is and about his comeback. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. Well, he's not overpaying Cerrone if he's underpaying everybody else. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not crapping on Woodpile at all. But I'm just saying, I'm saying that the dude, there's a reason he is the king. Yeah, yeah, and 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 and, and this is the the bridge too far moment. So so you know we're all peeking through our fingers, you know, kind of looking at the fight from Rumble to this to that to the to having the images of, of you know you know there's certain things as a man that you don't want to know about other men, but the image of the bald one macking down, I don't want to know. I don't want it in my head. The terrible fight. Cerrone, you know, uh, Gillespie was a high point for me, but, you know, but he's still not there. The, the Weidman thing, that's the only ray of hope. He's going to own that lost battalion as long as there's a lost battalion. And there's got to be one. And I'm okay with that one being him. I, I am completely okay with that one being him. So next week, next week there's a fight. And I care, don't care, we talk about it. We make our picks. I think out of a 14-card fight, I have six cares. Um, out of those six cares, I had to be talked into zero. Sometimes, you know, like I'm uh, I'm got the I've got an old guy on the name. I uh, really I don't know who I don't give it. She's no you. That's the guy who you like. Don't you remember the graph? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay, I, I like that guy. No, these were six that I knew, six that I, that, that you know. And then there's a week off of Memorial Day or some such thing. Now, the Canelo fight I want to talk about as well, just briefly. Because if you might be thinking, you might be, yeah, I, I, I didn't pick, you can watch Care Don't Care tomorrow, but I didn't pick uh, Chandler. Go, you have to reference point previous somebody timestamp it for the Bellator thing. I didn't pick Chandler. That's okay. I don't. I don't dislike him. I like him quite a, quite a lot, but I don't pick him to beat this guy who's been. They really. What is that expression? Rode hard and put away wet. I think that's how they treated the Bronx. But that's just me. My take. But you know. So lest you be thinking. Uh, and I did beat, uh, but you see, but Ian, let me tell you, me beating John, that's like me saying Monday comes after Sunday or, you know, lunchtime is at noon or John Nash is behind the oleander bushes at the 7-Eleven. These, these things are known truths, accepted. But the Canelo fight, I'm going to have to go with Teddy Atlas on this one. He said, this guy, Billy Joe, was picked. 
specifically. He's got holes in his game, and he hangs out in front of you, and he was just waiting. He, he was picked. The best part about that, though, and this is, you know, when you look at the guy's face and look what happened to him, the only good thing about that, and it was nothing that happened with this TKO, which I know is a big deal for boxing because it happens so rarely, was I don't, you can find the guy somewhere on the internet, but the cat who pre-fight went into a tattoo parlor and got a tat, full back tattoo of Billy Joe sporting the belt and holding the bloodied head of Canelo in his right hand, full back tattoo. Now, if that guy had bet $10,000 on Billy Joe, he could always make 10 more thousand dollars or $10,000 more, depending on how you like to speak the English language. However much money he spent on that back tattoo and the lasering that you need to take it off or cover it up, or like John said, I, I'm going to tweet it out. I have it. I think I'll tweet it out for you. He said, you know, it wouldn't take that much effort to actually just do the artwork so <laughs> to switch the heads, but that wasn't the guy's point. That guy was in, hardcore in. So this was a whole week of dirty, 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 dirty combat sports, dirty, dirty. Dirty, dirty. Didn't feel good. Didn't feel great. Just felt dirty, dirty, dirty. And I, I have to tell you, honest to God, this is the only way I could embrace it. Through the horror glasses, through the horror glasses. And like we're saying... I'm a short timer. There are a few fighters I want to see. And when they're done, I'm perfectly happy just paying attention to jujitsu. Not, I don't need to, I'm not a lifer. And if you don't think, if you think I'm shitting you about this, a friend of mine, he grew up with his dad, another Sicilian friend of mine from Alcamo, Sicily. He said he grew up going to baseball with his dad, and they love the love the baseball, this, and just love crying. And that strike, whenever that baseball strike was in the 80s, and then he was at this point a father himself and was looking, was repeating it, taking his own kids to, to games. He said, I'm out. I'm out. He said, I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. So if you don't think, and viewership for baseball is down. I just edited a piece on it that went into Ozzy this past week. It's down significantly. Where do you think these people go? Where do you think the former fight fans go? I've got people who I know who steeped in jiu-jitsu, training all the time, and I'll say, oh, man, and I'll mention somebody, Justin Gaethje, and I'll go, who's that? And their lives don't seem to be appreciably poorer for it. I have no idea what I would talk about on this show without it. But considering I already spent 37 minutes talking about UFOs, what can I tell you? Anyway, I got to go. I got, I got stuff to do. YouTube screwed me on the first portion. I got stuff to do this week. Uh, we got uh, 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 John Nash is on If the Shoes Fit. 
with me and Alexi. It should be a good time. Monday at noon, you got the care, don't care. We talk, you can hear what my six picks are on the Chandler uh, 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 Olivero fight. I got a, a big piece in Ozzy. My newsletter today, which I haven't written, I got to write later, maybe after the kid goes to sleep now because my whole day got subjugated. Yep. Being, yeah, being, it's like being in the muck, but like having your hand on, on, on a rope. I could pull myself out any time I want. And I find out from one of you who just bought another, uh, just bought another Oxbow shirt that they're like three left. If you haven't got one, you should go get one. Otherwise, I'll see you back on the match jiu-jitsu. Now that, you know, now that I've lost all this weight, all these guys who I used to tune up are like killing me. Are trying to kill me. I still got the stymie. That's all right. I still got the stymie. But you know, at this point, I'm I'm probably about 196. This is down from 230. So, but I'm still I'm 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 in the rebuilding phase. So I I, I told the guy, I said, listen, if you hurt me, I'm gonna make you regret that you ever took Brazilian jiu-jitsu ever. So let's just roll like sane people instead of you trying to exploit the 50 pounds you have on me now, which I've never done to you, incidentally. And a guy looked me in the eye and I, he go, I could see, he goes, and I said, he goes, I, I get you. And I go, no, I can see that you get me. I can see there's no malice in your eyes when you hear me say what I've said to you. There are other people who train here who don't have the he ears to understand what I'm saying and are likely to get shot in the parking lot. I can see that's not you. Yeah. That's what everybody said. The GI guy said, hey, man, you look younger. You, you should lose more weight. Yeah, thanks. No, that's okay. Anyway, that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. The kid's awake so I can scream. Tell the world. You know, uh, uh, don't die until next week. We'll see you then. Look what you made me do! Uh, YouTube sucks.